drunk mythology friends. I'm Kate. I'm Jen. And I'm the other Jen. And we're the drunk mythology gals. I started laughing because I know we're going to fuck it up. I'm like, just how bad is it going to be this time? Uh, like, Kate, did you even say a word of the title? I did. You I did. both I know even... that I'm going to be the only one that actually tries. I... And you just let me do it. <laughs> I'm the drunk mythology girl. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore the other two. <laughs> What's going to be really funny is one day, original Jen's going to go, one sober bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm about there. <laughs> She's, she's, she's done. She's done with us. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I'm so punchy already. <laughs> I just got back from uh, physical therapy for like, I'm doing like, I have issues with my left ankle and my left, my left side, which might actually be stemming from issues on my right side. So who the fuck knows? Oh, yeah. But Yep, get it. They, I get that. They did like mm, cupping. Oh. oh, I'm fascinated and curious about that. Yeah. So he only did like two little spots because he's like, you know, um, and it wasn't like the, you know, glass cup that they heat and everything. It was like a actual medical device. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, it didn't hurt or anything. He said, you know, I might have a couple bruises, but it. I'm like, that's fine if it helps me. Like, <laughs> whatever, do it. And um, <clears throat> I will let you know how it goes. Okay. All right. But yeah, so I'm a little like stretchy and limber. <laughs> You're <laughs> loosened up, relaxed. Yeah, and I'm ready to be angry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we are starting week three of Loki Palooza. And next week is the last episode before we shift things around temporarily for the six episodes of the Loki show. Yay! And I will tell you more about that next week so you can plan accordingly. But we've got a little <laughs> bit of You know Loki's going to throw mayhem into your plan. You know, if he misses plan. with my calendar. <laughs> he, he will. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, he already has. Right. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, you were collateral damage of that. I'm just saying. So It's okay. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> but speaking of inverting situations and social order, I am going to continue to do so because I can. But also the more I'm reading those mythology trickster books, the angrier I'm kind of getting because all they do is like look at Hermes and sometimes Prometheus and Loki, but it's like they're all male. Like oh, every yeah. mythological mythological figure that they're pegging as, you know, a trickster is male. And mm. I I it's not that I would object, like, if they were all female, I would probably feel the same way. I'm like, uh, hello? You know, I, I like their right. theories and philosophies and their ideas, but when they're actually trying to put it into practice, it's like, it kind of falls flat because it's just so, like, straight, not even straightforward. It's just, like, unimaginative in what they pick. So, mm -hmm. you guessed oh, it. This lovely. week, we will be doing a mortal Greek trickster, and it will be a woman. 
Yay! And fabulously enough, I actually had a lot of choices once I started going through my sources with this mindset, like looking for Mm. the things that, Mm -hmm. you know, ticked off our criteria. And in the end, I had multiple choices. Wow. Yay. That's impressive. Multiple choices. So in the end, though, I decided to go with the most widely recognized mortal tricksters, Penelope, the wife Mm. of Odysseus. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you Good might choice. know why you might recognize. Yeah, I'm well, kind of like who? <laughs> well, no, Sorry. you remember the story of the Trojan horse, right? Yes, I remember so that. So Odysseus was the one who came up with the Trojan horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it worked yeah. out. It was kind. It of, worked for, for the know. Greeks. It didn't work out yeah. so well for the Trojans. <laughs> didn't work out for the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're doing this week. Penelope. Yay. So what are we drinking? I already said I'm a little bit tipsy. I've got a um a coffee vodka. I'm I'm dragging oh. today. It's been a long <laughs> week. Yeah, it's a it's a Friday. We're actually kind of like off off our regular rhythm and we're recording on a Friday today. It's kind of weird. But yeah, um, yeah. what are you guys drinking? I am drinking uh, Diet Coke. Because <laughs> I wait, just, wait. I literally walked in the door and I, you know, I have to go grocery shopping after this. Do we need to pause, have a, a musical pause for a few seconds so you can go pour some Jack into that soda? You know what? Kim can put in a little musical interlude. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves. Let's see how fast I can do this now that I've been like cupped and massaged and like I'm all limber. All right. Count it out. Let's go. All right. Ready, (laughs) set, go. We're going to hear her footsteps. Yeah. You hear that? There it goes. There's footsteps running down the hall. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised we don't hear her yelling or anything, right? I was, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm actually now drinking out of a 2019 Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival Cup. (gasps) It has Minnie Mouse on it. Mixing things up. I am. It's not the Flamingo Cup. And what is in the cup? It's water, isn't it? It is water. (laughs) (laughs) Any ice cubes? Uh, No. No. Nothing. I have to stay hydrated. Yeah. It's been um yeah I've and I had some espresso chocolate covered espresso beans oh there we go so that's fun yeah there you go I'm back all right so we've established that Jen is indeed drinking water but she's mixed up the vessel (laughs) I have (laughs) it's Minnie Mouse I have nothing to say right I I mean I didn't just get up out of my seat and go run (laughs) into the other room. Oh, we totally heard your footsteps stomping out of the room. And now I'm, I'm, I'm loaded. (laughs) I'm locked and loaded. So, you know what? Yeah. So we're all ready? We are all ready. So, yeah. So I guess then with our disclaimer, so do not drink and drive cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, espresso vodka containing cups or diet Pepsi gross jack <laughs> diet cups. coke well it doesn't matter it's diet yeah it, i'm with her on that <laughs> are you kidding me i can't drink the real stuff what that's, yeah real coke is good Ooh. 
Anyway. I'm speechless. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, let's get started. Because this is, if this is how it's going, we're going to record on Fridays more often. Uh, <laughs> a long time ago, when the world was young. So pretty much everything we have about Penelope comes from Homer's 8th century BCE epic and the first successful sequel in history, The Odyssey which is the sequel to the Iliad. I remember those book titles from high school English classes. I Mm -hmm. couldn't tell you a thing that was in them. So Mm -hmm. remember when we talked back in like episode one about how Homer and Hesiod were kind of alive and, you know, both writing at the same time, 8th Mm -hmm, century mm -hmm. Greece. So Hesiod wrote the Theogony and Homer was like, that's so boring. I'm going to go write a bestseller. So (laughs) Homer went and wrote the Iliad, which is the story of uh, the Prince Paris from Troy Mm -hmm. falling in love with the beautiful Helen and taking her back to Troy. There's no indication of whether she really wanted to or not. Um, Oh, (laughs) nice. And then the Greeks were like, oh, no, you didn't. And they launched a thousand ships because you've heard the phrase "the face that launched a thousand mm-hmm. ships." That was well, is Helen. That where that comes from? Yeah, oh. that is. See, you learned something. I did. And then you get all of like the Achilles and all that in there. Uh, yeah, Achilles and Achilles sulking in his tent, and Patroclus <laughs> and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Hector. Like uh, mm. you know, if you've ever seen the movie Troy with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm just saying. Eric where Anna they made was... uh, P- Patroclus his cousin? <laughs> they were good roommates. So uh, <laughs> <Yes>. anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, sending we'll a talk text about to my that husband in... that we need to watch this tonight. Apparently, oh, you know, I I would have to say I'm gonna maybe it's my diet coke tendencies, but I'm gonna come down on the side of Eric Bana as Prince Hector. Just saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so anyway, right. but it was Homer who wrote the Iliad and then literally the sequel, the Odyssey, which is the story of uh, the longest ride home ever, like literally mm. 10 years. Yeah. So, but let's get back to Penelope for a minute. She was born a badass. She was the daughter of Icarius, uh, king of Sparta. So yeah, Sparta, bitches. Okay. Yeah. And (laughs) that says everything. (laughs) Exactly. And you will see that she more than earns her name. Uh, In ancient Greece, girls were married off between the ages of 14 and 16. And Odysseus... Well, yeah, I mean, I know it was, that was the times, but oh my, yeah, I, yeah, I and can't. Mm. I know, I, my, I, me getting married at fourteen would have been, <laughs> it would have been reality television at its finest. So mm. Odysseus himself was probably in his late twenties. Um. Oh. However, for once, things in an ancient Greek relationship worked out. I know. And Odysseus and Penelope actually really loved each other. And she gave, she gave birth to their only son, uh, their only child, a son named Telemachus. 
just before Odysseus had to leave for the Trojan War. And, uh, you know, it could be the world's worst excuse for getting out of diaper duty, though, to be (laughs) fair, Odysseus didn't actually want to go. He thought this whole thing was just a bad fucking idea. I mean, fair. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There's a moment when we are all Odysseus. (laughs) This is a bad fucking idea. So all the stuff that happened to Odysseus in the war and on the way back is going to be like a 27 parter, maybe oh a 32 parter. And oh yeah, I'm looking God. at the original gen just to see if she's switching. Yeah. Oh, I'm twitching. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, these are big epics. You can't just like, you know, you can sum, sum them up in a, in a sentence. Shut up. No, you can't. <laughs> like so, we just did. Oh, Odysseus took a long journey. It took 10 years. There you go. Done. <laughs> All right, that's the end of our episode, right? Yeah, it's been fun, gals. <laughs> no, Remember but basically, to tip your bartenders, <laughs> tip your servers. Thank you. Um, but basically, what you need to know is there were ten years of war and ten years of misadventures coming home because you have a ship full of men and not one of them is going to stop to ask directions. All joking aside, their divine GPS actually was broken. So, pause. <clears throat> um, the you go- just said numbers. I got to pause you. So, it was it ten years of war and then an additional ten years of misadventures coming home? Yes. Or was it for once years- I got the math right? So it's twenty years total. Exactly. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when he leaves Penelope. He's, he's in his, his late twenties, say. And when he gets back to Penelope, he's in his late forties. Yep. And she's now in her late th- mid to late thirties. Thirties, yeah, mid thirties, with mm-hmm. a twenty-year-old child. Exactly. Okay, but <laughs> hold on, it gets better. It gets better. It. It's blowing your mind. It's great. I know. This is actually a really, I'm enjoying this too much. Um, So basically the goddess Athena, the goddess of wisdom, although she's, uh, we have issues with Athena. um, She had a crush on Odysseus's brain. She was like a sapiosexual, you know. What? Um, She, you know, didn't admire him as a man or anything, but she loved how sneaky and how wily he was. And, you know, and during the 10 years of the Trojan War, she helped him out from time to time. So she's all about the bad boy. Yeah. Like she, she's like, you're a cunning bit. Like at one point she literally says, you're a cunning bitch and anybody who keeps up with you has my respect. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. However, at the end of the war, the Greeks screwed over Cassandra, who was like Athena's Luna Lovegood, and yeah, whole other episode there. But okay. Athena was like, ho- Cassandra was a prophetess, and she was uh, in Troy, and it it's a big drama surprise. But basically, the Greeks pissed off Athena, and mm. Athena was like, hoes before bros. And she got super pissed at the Greeks and decided to punish all of them involved in the war, (laughs) including her best buddy, Odysseus. Oh. Yeah. She threw a tantrum so big with the help of Poseidon that Mm. it threw 
Odysseus's ship so far off course that he actually never found it again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he he actually the way he came home was like literally going around your ass to get to your elbow. Oh my uh, word. Yeah, he so wait, spent he ten- got separated from the ship and he couldn't yeah, find the ship. Yeah, and a bunch of the other ships like sank or were crushed. Like it, she was like I said, He's she like, threw a tantrum. Oh besides like I'm in. Uh <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, at one point we're going to do an episode on how much of a jerk Poseidon is, but he actually gets away with so much because nobody's ever paying attention to him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's a jerk. Anyway. Uh, so basically they were so far off course that they spent 10 years trying to figure out where the fuck they were and trying to escape pretty much every miserable thing that could possibly happen. Can I say that would be my husband? My husband can't navigate. <laughs> he can't. We call him the king I, of turn. I'm more worried that Sam would end up like one of these sailors and soldiers on that boat because you know they're now all the equivalent of a Star Trek red shirt. Ah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, let's land uh, – on the island of the Cyclopes. Oh, we we need to kill off a few sailors in order to escape. Okay, you guys over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> been fun. Nice 10 years. I'll say hi to your widow for you. Just yeah. this morning, my we're going somewhere and he's driving. We have the GPS. We have it on. The GPS says, at this light, go straight. And then you're going to turn into the shopping center on the other side of the light. What does he do? He turns left at the light. There's no entrance into the shopping center at that. What? From the side street. He turns left at the light instead of going past the light. That's like that episode of The Office where he turns into the lake. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) So we went. And then once you made that left, we're about, you know, crossing over the interstate and you got to keep going down more lights before you get to Well, you're going in the complete opposite direction. Well, you got to go. So. To a point where you're allowed to make a U-turn and come oh back and fix this. And I'm just sitting there silent. I yeah, mean, no, been- I'm pretty sure he was Odysseus's chief navigator in a former life. <laughs> right? But apparently <laughs> after about 10 years, that's the amount of time it takes for a goddess's temper to cool down. And she relented and schemed with the other gods to get Odysseus on his way back home. Why does that require scheming? Because Poseidon was like, I don't like this guy. He's out on my ocean and he's fucking things up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So she kind of had to scheme to get him back to land and then she could take over, as you'll see. Okay. So she also went to Ithaca, which was his kingdom, a small sort of fief on the um, mainland. And This is not Ithaca, New York, is it? No. Ithaca, New York is named after the Ithaca in Greece. Okay. It works in that direction, okay? Let's just... Oh, not too far off. (laughs) You took a left at the light. I took a left at the light. (laughs) So she goes to Ithaca and she starts to put in place a plan for his return, which is actually, as you'll see, completely useless because Penelope has got this shit on lockdown. So I know we haven't talked much about Penelope, but here is where we leave Athena and we pick up with Penelope. So astonishingly, 
Penelope remained faithful and hopeful for the whole 20 years he was gone. Oh, gosh. Oh. She even raised their son, Telemachus, who turned out to be like, you know, he was said to be as clever as his father and as sober and determined as his mother. And she also probably- (laughs) The guy you want to marry, not the one you want to read about in a book. Right? (laughs) Right. So- She probably also served as regent for Odysseus and Telemachus. And, you know, she probably did her own fair share of scheming to, you know, stay in power and collect more power because she was, you know, she's holding on, hoping that either Odysseus comes home or if it's proven that he's dead, you know, there's a throne for Telemachus. And, Uh you know... His coming home wasn't entirely out of the remote realm of possibility. Like, you know, nobody had heard from the Greeks who had set sail for Troy for years and years and years. Mm. So, you know, there were no cell phones, no postal service, no TikToks live from the battlefield, no cramped selfies from inside the Trojan horse. (laughs) And oh my God, bonus points to whoever comes up with the best comment and hashtag for what the selfie from inside the Trojan horse <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. would say. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, you know, uh, actually in ancient times and medieval times, like if you went on a far-flung crusade or battle or whatever, five, even eight years, that's stretching it, but it's not unheard of. So, you know, mm-hmm. right. it would be like after 10 years, you'd be like, okay, I could probably start, you know, moving on. But 20 years, let's just mm-hmm. chalk that up to mythological hyperbole. Yeah. So in the- normal- And again, this was written by men. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. Penelope might've enjoyed being like HBIC, head bitch in charge. <laughs> oh, there, you okay. Know? There's that. Like, yeah. Because if she's married- and if she if she's married, her husband has all the power. Right. If she's right. a regent or a widow, you know, she mm-hmm, mm-hmm. actually has the ability to act as her own agent. Yeah. There you go. You know, it's yeah. age old thing. So in the normal course of things, Penelope would end up having to remarry fairly soon, even though that would put Telemachus at risk. On the other hand, a rich husband might have the resources to continue to guard and fight for her power consolidation. So, you know, you need to make allies, you need to have resources. And for a woman in her position, marrying was, nah, it was what you were supposed to do for the good of your family and yourself and your future. Mm-hmm. But here she is upsetting the order of things by refusing to remarry. Oh, that sounds like one of our checkboxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She should, order. but mm-hmm. she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And it's her quasi-capricious choice that makes this so interesting as the foundation for her trickery. Because remember, one of the things about... Uh, mischief and trickery is that it's a deliberate choice. Right. You know, so on the surface, she's supposed to be this picture of faithfulness and matrimonial fidelity. 
But those traditional values are basically a cover for a woman using her agency and making choices based on what she wants. Yeah. And then this bad bitch proceeds to play the longest prank ever. (laughs) Ever. Oh. So over the years, as Odysseus failed to return, a bunch of rowdy scumbag kings, princes, lords, dude bros, merchants all came to ask for Penelope's hand. She said, no, thank you. I think my husband's still alive. They said, that's okay. I'll just use the spare room over here. She's like, "Uh, I didn't invite you. And the guy would reply, who's going to stop me? You and what army? And she was like, yeah, okay. Because she didn't have that much of an army because Odysseus took them all. Oh. With him to Troy. Yeah. So she's in a militarily precarious position. And all these kings and princes and dude bros start showing up, treating her palace like an Airbnb, eating and drinking all the stored provisions, even using Odysseus's own wine cup. <gasps> oh, How that dare would they? Be, that would be like me going to visit Original Gen and just commandeering the Flamingo Cup. Oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh, but it might. Wait, it you got to take me there, and I'm videotaping that shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know shit's going down. So Penelope, you know, some people are like, oh, she was scared, so she retreated. But she retreats to her room in the Gynekeon, which is the women's part of the house, and where no man would dare to go because, A, he'd be seen as, you know, a weakling, and B... Uh, you know, he'd probably they're, get chased out of there, followed by frying pan. I was going to say there are girl cooties in there. <laughs> exactly. Girl cooties and bad bitches who beat your laundry with rocks on the water's edge. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too sanguine, you know, going in there thinking you're going to come out okay. So, you know, she's like, screw you all. I'm going to be over here. You came to court me too bad. And so... She sends word that she will consider marriage, but only after she is done weaving a super complex shroud for her aging father-in-law, Laertes. Wait, 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 wait. Can I ask a question? Yes, you can. Her father's still alive. Her father-in-law, Odysseus's father, is still alive. Oh, uh, her father-in-law. Okay. Yeah. Not her father. Living okay, on the sorry. premises. Okay, so she's housing her father-in-law, mm-hmm. but her she, so like she is the she's, she's weaving this the, ahead of time just to have on hand. But like in royalty, she's I mean she was a princess, right? Didn't you say mm-hmm. that in the beginning? She's a princess, but yep, now and she that becomes a queen. She becomes a queen. Okay, all right, all right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But it was the no, whole father-in-law like part I missed there. So yeah, yeah, but also even. Uh, in ancient Greece, even queens and princesses and noble women had to weave and spin and, you know, cloth yeah. production was like, yep. it doesn't matter who you are, you're involved with it in some way. All hands um, on deck. Yeah. So now I'm going to say, I think Laertes was in on this because no old guy is going to be like, what the fuck? You're weaving my shroud now? I'm only 87. (laughs) Get off my lawn. (laughs) So 
Penelope works at her loom diligently every day in the sight of all of her servants and everyone who comes in and out of that room. But every night in secret, she would unravel what she had done. Oh, what? And it just goes to show how little those dude bros knew about what go- went into weaving, which was considered w- women's work, Ugh. because they bought that excuse for years. Oh. Years. Almost 10 years. Yeah. Wow. That was one so hell of a show. She, so she stops letting these people come talk to her by saying, sorry, I'm busy. Basically. And she's like, I'll, I'll be with you in a minute. I just got to finish this shroud. <laughs> oh Still working God. on the shroud. Uh, sorry, today, it's shrouds day. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I got, you know, uh, the time, it's 15 minutes to shroud weaving. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like, the shroud is all things. <laughs> yeah. And she so, was, did, nobody questioned why it was taking her so long. Like, damn, this bitch is slow. No one questioned it. Well, you know, I can imagine that the maids and everybody else in the palace probably wasn't all that, like, happy about these ass wipes camping out and okay, free I can imagine. That makes sense, yeah. You know? Um, so I think it's kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, blind eye kind of thing. Got it. However, at the end of the 10th year, one of her maids spilled the beans about the trick to one of the suitors. Uh, And now Penelope was in really hot water. Yeah. And Laertes was short one shroud. (laughs) I think he got the shorter end of the stick out of all of them. Because he never gets his shroud. It's only halfway done. (laughs) I know. It's a bit short. Just in the nick of time, and you got to love how that happens, Odysseus lands on the shores of Ithaca and with with the help of (laughs) Athena reunites with his son Telemachus and also then proceeds to disguise himself as this filthy old beggar, which at first you're like, well, no, he's home, go home. But on the other hand, you know, it's been 20 years. Might not be the smartest thing to walk back in and be like, honey, I'm home. Right. Uh, yeah, that might not sit well with anyone, including the people who are like, I've been waiting. Yeah. You don't know what <laughs> uh, you're walking into. Exactly. Yeah. So he goes to the palace in this disguise and asks for shelter. And that's not unusual in ancient times because the law of hospitality was kind of like your AAA, if AAA would be the difference between life and freezing or starving to death if the thieves don't kill you first. Lovely. Yeah. So basically, I could show up at your door at any time of day or night, and you'd pretty much have to take me in because you would hope that somebody would return the favor for you someday. But you know I would take you in anyway. I would have to show up at original Jen's door day or night. <laughs> I would and I would do that because I know her mother lives next door so yeah. even if she locked me out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> anyway. Um, but one of the suitors did not like this filthy little beggar. And he struck him, ordering him to be thrown out of the banqueting hall, you know, kicked out, kicked to the curb. Yeah. 
Which, not knowing that this is Odysseus and, and also oh violating the laws of hospitality. Like yeah. this is this is about oh. as sacred because it literally is the difference between life for, yeah. or death. You know? He messed up. Yeah, he messed up. And Penelope heard this and she just really wanted to lose her shit. Like she lost her shit at her nurse, actually. She was like, the fuck is going on? Um, mm-hmm. But she took a deep breath. She found her center and she decided she would go see the beggar, but by way of the banqueting hall where the suitors were indulging in the second all-you-can-eat buffet of the afternoon. So, I don't know how much money she spent just on food. Well, <laughs> just wait. She had her maid. Is there shrimp on the all-you-can-eat buffet? Because I could down some shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, there's shrimp and octopus. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I have a rule. Never eat anything that can suck you back. <laughs> it's the <laughs> suction cups that get me every time. Anyway, <laughs> she had her maids dress her in her best clothes and jewels and then threw a thin veil over her head, sheer enough that all her loveliness could be seen, but just enough so that her modesty would be preserved. And so she goes to the banqueting hall, the picture of demure, humble, patient modesty, Mm-hmm. Which, of course, all women would know to get the fuck out of her way because bitch was right. about to unleash. Oh, yeah. 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 The calm before the storm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So she goes to the banquet hall and spoke quietly and seriously to the suitors, acknowledging that her husband must surely be dead after all these years. And if this were so, then surely she must marry. But if that was the case then why the fuck were they not courting her properly as a goddamn queen with some magnificent gifts? Come on. Oh! So the suitors, who were like, hell yeah, we finally saw her after 10 years, let's go. They're also, I, I, I have to say, these suitors really come across in the original text as a cross between the Keystone Cops and the Chippendales. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, you know, they fall all over themselves to send their pages to fest chests of gold and jewels and robes and incense and luxuries and, you know, rolls of linen and beeswax and et cetera, et cetera. Basically, unwittingly reimbursing Penelope <laughs> for all the expenses oh. over the years and hosting them. In fact, she pretty much walked away with a fucking fortune, enough to buy an army for Telemachus if it came to that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Again, you know, we see subversion. We see disguise. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, she then went to see the beggar and made all the hospitality arrangements for him, even giving him a bed in the corner of the banquet hall. Now, normally, like... No clue it's him. Well, don't know. And okay. you'll see why. So normally a beggar would be given a bed like in the stable or near the kitchens, you know, not in the actual banquet hall. Okay. Okay. So there's Odysseus. He's like, hot damn, my wife still looks good. (laughs) And, but he was still a little discouraged because now he had a good long look at how many big burly dudes were there, not to mention their guards and pages who slept you know, outside the banqueting hall. And he's like, oh, well, I'm sure I'll figure something out. And Athena will help, I'm sure, which just fucking goes to show that he didn't have a plan and was counting on a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, surprise. Yeah. But Penelope was too wor- busy hatching her own plan to worry about whether Odysseus had a plan or not, because she's a bad bitch. 
mm-hmm. she went to the storage chamber and brought out a big, heavy, giant bow and a quiver of arrows. These had belonged to Odysseus. No one but Odysseus had ever even been able to string that bow or use it. Oh. So bright and early, she went down to the banquet hall and announced, uh, original Jen, if you would. Mm -hmm. I set before you the bow of godlike Odysseus. He who strings the bow and shoots an arrow straight through 12 rings in a line, I will take as my husband. Oh, she knows. Yeah, I think she's she knows. gotta know. So Telemachus, who knew his dad was in the audience, and you cannot convince me that he either got a message to Penelope or she figured it out. That like when like you're saying, when she met the beggar, mm-hmm. backed her up as she left the contest in his hands. Other Jen, if you would. <gasps> yeah, I get to read. Okay. <laughs> Come on, all you suitors. No holding back or excuses. But stay, I will try first and see if I am man enough to bear my father's arms. Wait, he wasn't. She's gonna, so she's going to shoot. The, no, the it's bone. Telemachus who's saying that. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, so okay. Penelope gives Telemachus the bow and arrow arrows, and she's like, I'll let you guys see what you can do. I'll be back later. I got some weaving to catch up on. (laughs) So her son's like, you know, stick around. I'm going to try and, you know, see if I can handle my father's weapon, you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. So there's actually a bit here where Telemachus starts to go down the rabbit hole of really trying to string the goddamn bow. Like he's working (laughs) and working. (laughs) Finally, the beggar's like, Son, enough. <laughs> Let's get a move on here with this plot. <laughs> Tapping his wristwatch. <laughs> you mean his wrist sundial. There you go, sundial. <laughs> and so Telemachus couldn't do it, uh, but he came closer than any of the others. It, you know, if you think of like the Thor's hammer scene in mm-hmm. uh, Age of Ultron. So... Then it came to Odysseus, and everybody's like, you're going to let the beggar do this? And Telemachus is like, why not? It's not like you could. Right. And Odysseus is like, oh, yeah, nothing like getting handed a weapon and quiver of arrows. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> come on. Just take them all out. Come on. Does he? So he strings the bow with ease. He sends the first arrow straight through the rings on the first try. And if that isn't a metaphor for virility, then I am a pumpkin. Ah! <laughs> I did not put that together oh until you just said that. Oh my God. That's yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Lucky Penelope. <laughs> but then instantly he knocks another arrow and shoots it right through uh, the uh, one of the suitors. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then he literally is like, Pew, 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 or twang, 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 twang. Kim, I think we need a twangy, a twang. Here. Pause for Kim to insert a nice sound. <laughs> and uh, once he runs out of arrows, he grabs a spear. And apparently the only person left alive in that banqueting hall was the bard. Because he thought the bard, he liked the bard, the bard singing. Yeah. <laughs> that 
was going to say, like, that's the dude hey, with I the like music, that song. right? <laughs> Can you play that on repeat? And actually, <laughs> Telemachus had gone and he was guarding the door so none of the suitors could get out. So it really was a bloodbath. Wow. And then Odysseus called for maid service to come and clean the place up because, of course. <laughs> And clean up Penelope- on aisle three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> clean up in banqueting hall three. <laughs> Environmental services to banquet hall three. Environmental services to right. banquet hall three. <laughs> I've spent way too much time in the hospital. <laughs> right. uh, Penelope's old nurse, in the meantime, is like, hell yeah, I knew he was back because he has a scar on his foot. Uh because she was tending to the beggar and she recognized it. And Odysseus was like, it's me. Don't tell anyone. And she's like, do I look like a fucking idiot? Um, <laughs> but she goes to Penelope, who's like taking a nap because she's 100% done with these guys. <laughs> and she wakes Penelope up and Penelope is like, really? That is the, that joke is in the worst possible taste I have ever heard. And the nurse really has a job to, like, convince her to get up and go take a look. And, you know, I kind of don't blame Penelope. She's been through a lot. And, uh, you know, I could imagine a lot of pretend Odysseuses, Odyssei, uh, came, you know, calling, saying, hey, honey, I'm home. Mm -hmm. So Odysseus is now free of disguise. He's had a bath. He's looking much better. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still can't blame Penelope for being cautious about whether or not she recognized him. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20 years between war and sailing will change you. I mean, just sure. the drop in skincare regime <laughs> alone would have fallen by the wayside. So our girl tests him. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. She bids the maids to bring her sturdy bedstead from the bridal chamber and set what? it in the her sturdy oh. bedstead from the bridal chamber. Is this chamber. going where I think it's going? Oh, just wait. Just wait. Thou of little patience. You are no Penelope. <laughs> no, I'm not. Bitch waited 20 years for the end of the story. <laughs> uh, and you know, set it in the room for them because there are ways a woman may recognize her husband. Get it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing what I think she's doing. Oh, my God. And Odysseus finally loses his shit. And I get it. He's been on the road for 20 years. But at least he's not a dumbass. And he gives the right answer. And I am going to actually read this passage to you because I actually just love this passage for so many reasons. So this is Odysseus. Okay. Woman, truly, this is a bitter word that thou hast spoken. Who has set my bed elsewhere? Hard would it be for one, though never so skilled, unless a god himself should come and easily by his will set it in another place. But of men, there is no mortal that lives, be he never so young and strong, who could easily pry it from its place. For a great token is wrought in, a, in the fashioned bed, and it was I that built it and none other. A bush of long-leafed olive was growing within the court, strong and vigorous, and girth it was like a pillar. 
Round about this I built my chamber till I had finished it with close-set stones, and I roofed it over well, and I added to it jointed doors close-fitting. Thereafter I cut away the leafy branches of the long-leafed olive, and trimming the trunk from the root, I smoothed it around with adza well and cunningly, and made it straight to the line, thus fashioning the bedpost. And I bored it all uh, with the auger, Beginning with this, I hewed out my bed till I had finished it, inlaying it with gold and silver and ivory, and I stretched on it a thong of oxhide bright with purple. Thus do I declare to thee this token, but I know not, woman, whether my bedstead is still fast in its place, or whether by now some man has cut it from beneath the olive stump and set the bedstead elsewhere. Oh, oh. shit! <laughs> so he's like, this ain't our bed, honey. Well, he's like That's basically what he's saying, right? Well, did I understand? Well, he's saying, that? "How are you going to move our bed because I literally built our bed into a tree." Right. So, it's you know, not movable. It, yeah. And she's like, "Babe, chill. I now know it's you, okay?" Yay! And they like uh they have like some super lovey-dovey words and they get down to business. Yahoo! And for boom, once, boom. it's not like a, a sickly, nasty, obsessive thing like Ovid. And it's a real kind of bittersweet, happily ever after a whole bunch of shit that didn't have to happen if Athena and the other gods weren't such petty fucking narcissists. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be right back to trash Athena some more right after this. Hey, drunk mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm the other Jen. Wait, where's original Jen this time? Original Jen is busy cleaning out Sleepnir's stall. I mean, with eight legs, who knows how many stomachs that horse has? Or is that cows? Um, I think you're thinking of cows because that was one of our trivia questions in that trivia game we're testing out behind the scenes. And I think the cows have eight stomachs or was it four i mm. i don't know i got that question <laughs> wrong <laughs> well uh, no matter how many stomachs she's not here but we are here to tell you about anchor for podcasting with no cow stomachs <laughs> not unless you want to do a podcast about cows which you totally could because it's super easy to start a podcast with anchor is there a platform for cows to listen like could cows even listen to a podcast? Anchor would distribute your cowcast across all popular podcast platforms. How did we get onto cows? Because we were wondering how many stomachs a horse has, or was it cows? Regardless, feeding all those stomachs costs money, which means you have to make money off your cowcast, which is why Anchor is a great place to start because you can start making money from the get-go with Anchor. But how much does it cost? Like, okay, how many smoothies does Fenrir have to sell in order to pay for his podcast about smoothies? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so drunk today. <laughs> Wait, I thought Fenrir was doing a podcast about cows or was no. it horses? No. 
I might be a little drunk too. Either way, it is totally free to have a podcast on Anchor. F-R-E-E free. Yeah. my See, my fan fiction has Fenrir running his own smoothie shop and I work there. Uh, yeah. Other Jen is talking about original Jen's books, Truth and Other Lies, and The Order of Chaos, which you should all check out under her pen name of Lyra Wolf. And yeah, Wolf, yeah. Fenrir, yeah. Yeah. So if I want to do a podcast for Fenrir, all I'd have to do is go to anchor.fm to get started because I'm like totally thinking that OG and I need to do that. Yep. Just go to Anchor, like the thingy on a boat thingy that goes to the bottom. Shut up. Yeah, we're drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. You're just lucky I didn't spell out anchovy because it was a close call. <laughs> Check it out or make Fenrir sleep near and all the cows and their stomachs really upset. <laughs> oh my God, Kate. I think this is our best ad ever. Indubitable. To bully. Because, yeah, we put the drink into drunk mythology gals. So I know we all have some questions and I want to hear those. And then I, I, you know, I want to talk about the bed some more. Oh, yeah, of course. I love that bed. And, you know, also, I think it'd be fun to sort of see just how well Penny fits that checklist. So, yeah. 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 What do you guys got? Any questions or? I am curious if the shroud also represents a metaphor for pulling the wool over the eyes of all of the banquet goers. Holy (gasps) fuck. (gasps) I'm (laughs) shit. Damn. What? (laughs) God, just, now I've got to go and oh my god, that that is so like profound and powerful, and I am I, I don't know, I'm sorry, hearing angels I, singing. <laughs> that's I can't top that. My questions are lame ass questions. After that, I'm sorry, that's literally what I was thinking this whole time. Yep. Now we're like, okay, fine. Jen stole the show. <laughs> We are just the the what what the mere peasants at your feet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, we are so punchy. It's Friday. Um, yeah. So I didn't think of it. I I just feel bad. Like I'm assuming Penelope was like, "Hey, father-in-law, do you really want your shroud right now?" I mean, it's a little morbid. You want your shroud before you're dead? Like, really? Really? I just want to know if the guy was actually, like, kept waiting for it and really thought it was going to (laughs) happen. I think he was in on it. I mean, honey, I'm 88. I'm not going forever. (laughs) You know, when Mm -hmm. are you going to finish this shroud? Uh, You can die as soon as it's done. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So explain the shrouds to me. There's a question. Okay. In... In that time period, so women were, I got that it was an all hands on deck. Uh, nobody mm-hmm. got out of, you know, having right. to at help all levels. Out. Everybody had a hand in fabric production. But what was with the shrouds? That's I'm reading between the lines and gathering that this was some special garment for well, someone. Sh- it's who a burial shroud. Passes okay, and 
it's a burial shroud and, you know, weaving something that, uh, you know, that intricate mm-hmm. or that fine might take longer than like weaving your no normal off the rack toga or chitin. Okay. Um, right. And it's, it's going to take a while because of the size. It's the, you're not knitting a, a, a you're, scarf. You're making fabric <laughs> that covers head to toe. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. you know, it would have gold thread. It would have embroidery. Like, it, it could get okay. super fancy, you know. And, and would this normally start once someone passes or they start once someone? It would normally Ill? be done, you know, kind of started ahead of time. I mean, they they didn't have refrigeration. So, you know. So what happens if somebody dies unexpectedly? Uh, you would have to. Your SOL? Nah, SOL, but like you, there might be a couple, you know, older pieces of fabric that you could quickly sew together into a shroud or, you know, you could, you could make it happen. But, you know, as people started to get older, um, I actually don't know for certain, but my, you know, the common sense instinct would be, well, if it takes a while to make a really super fancy shroud, then yeah, you might kind of just quietly started on the low down. Gotcha. (laughs) You know, but for a normal person, it might not take that long, you know, for just a regular long piece of fabric to be made. Because like, if you watch like women who use hand looms and like big giant looms, like they are fucking fast. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was, and there were also remember like, Suitors would bring and, you know, merchants and as there was this huge gift economy. And so there was always some fabulous piece of fabric coming in Mm. to the palace or going out of the palace. It it was, you know, currency. So if somebody died, they would have, uh, you know, a fabulous piece of fabric that they could use as a shroud. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it also is a huge symbol of filial piety. You know, she's still the dutiful daughter-in-law. It's still signaling that she's married. She sees him as her father-in-law. But, yeah, I come back to it. Jen won won the whole segment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, Um, Yeah. 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 So uh, I think. If I had to make an argument to, you know, the professors, why I think Penelope fits, you know, she, uh, if you look at fundamentally ambiguous and anomalous, she plays many roles. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, mother, wife, queen, daughter-in-law, housekeeper, object of desire, you know, and she has to play them like super, you know, quick changes depending on how you're reading the room. Oh, yeah. And you never know what her, which one is her real motivation in the moment. Um, She's obviously a deceiver and trick player. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I can only think, you know, she's using that veil that she appears in, like, that's kind of her disguise. Yeah. You know, she's disguising herself as a shy little maiden when really she's like a 35-year-old woman who's like, I've seen some shit, okay? Don't right, try it. Right, right, mm-hmm. um, But also she's very distrusting of appearances. Mm, you know, yeah. 
she pretends not to know the beggar at first. She mm-hmm. she doesn't trust people's appearances, you know, right off the bat. Um, she's definitely a situation inverter. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, bringing out the bow and arrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also she is uh, – she questions her own husband. Like, yeah. the temerity of that alone is off the charts for ancient Greece. Like, you know, if a man comes into your house and says, I am your husband returned from war, oh, you know, traditionally women are just supposed to say, Yes, honey, what time would you like dinner? Mm-hmm. But here she is, she's like, Prove it. Right. You know, and she chooses not to get remarried because she doesn't want to. Right. And uh, for a lot of reasons that we covered. Mm-hmm. Messenger and imitator of the gods. She uh, she definitely is an imitator of the gods in terms of like she sets an impossible quest for the he- quote unquote heroes. Yeah. Oh, right. Because they're not going to be able to use his bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. And sacred and lewd problem solving quick on their feet and using whatever is at hand and then mm-hmm. the bed too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that was, was awesome yeah that the weaving awesome. the bow and the bed mm-hmm. i mean i love that bed because to me it you know he knew he was getting married to penelope and it was like a sim he put all of that work into that bed and he didn't have to you know it's just yeah i love that like it's a symbol of his i feel i'm reading it that it's a symbol of his love and devotion and fidelity to her i mean except for that little island stay (laughs) well he wasn't happy about it (laughs) he wasn't necessarily that that unhappy (laughs) yeah but they also kind of had him under like a little uh like yield roofie magic roofie that's true Wait, did I miss he, something? So no. he's on on one of his journeys towards the end. He gets waylaid on an island with uh, Circe, Cer- a nymph who, oh, yeah, who falls in love with him, Uh-oh. and she'll give him everything he wants and everything he desires if only he'll stay with her. And oh. she kind of oh. bewitches him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And it's only when Athena's like, okay, I'm done with my tantrum. Oh, Cersei, really? Did you have to go and imprison him for like five years? Really? Uh, and then he wakes up and he's like, I'm so sorry, Cersei. I did enjoy being with you, but now that I'm back to myself, I want to go home. I miss my wife. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sad, like, you know. But on the other hand, he loves Penelope from day one and he's like, and she's like, I'm so sorry you come home and I'm old. And he's like, honey, I'm old too. And there's going to be more shit ahead of us, but we'll face it together. That's literally Aww. basically what he says. Oh, mm-hmm. I yeah. love this story. I know. And I'm going to just, uh, I have one thing for Athena. If you are so fond of Odysseus and you know he loves his wife, couldn't you spare a hand for Penelope? Like, <gasps> Right? Odysseus gets all the help, but Penelope is left high and dry, and she's the one in the end who comes up with the solution. (sighs) I used to love the idea of the goddess Athena, and and I'm just the she's a selfish little bitch. So disillusioned. I'm finding out she's a selfish little bitch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
I hate that. So, yeah. Ah. But you know what? We actually have a trickster story with a trick at the end because it kind of has a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. really. That's rare for mythology. Right? We don't get this usually. I keep waiting for the, no, the, that's the it. catch. That's Yay! <laughs> I brought it home. You did. I did. So, so who is drunk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually not really. I'm. I'm. I must have, in my haste, poured actually a sensible amount into my cup because <laughs> I'm still feeling just you know. I think you're saying you tricked us. Oh yeah. No, I did. Pulling the wool over our eyes. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm I'm just I'm toasty happy. I am perfect for a Friday afternoon. Yeah, this is kind of that's a nice good. way to end the week. Yeah. yeah. Well, and see, then that's good because you'll be extra happy for the teaser for next week's myth, which will be all I'm going to say is goat balls. Oh shit! Or balls and goats, technically. Oh, because it's really shit. not the goats' balls that are involved. Someone else's. Well, you don't know yeah. that for certain. You, you no, told we us. do know that for certain. Oh, it's very certain. Fa- follow the bouncing I, balls. <laughs> I, I don't, we haven't even gotten to next week, and I already have questions. <laughs> Why is there always Shit. a goat? You know what? If you have a goat and some rope, oh, you, you no, know what no, to do. Uh, no, no, I no. do not know what to do. But oh you know what? God. If you want to find out. Make sure you add yourself to our social media scrolls on Instagram, which is the best because I run it and it's Ugh. at Drunk Mythology Gals. Or on Twitter at Drunk Myth Gals. No, no, no. The best is at Facebook, Drunk Mythology Gals. Facebook, Facebook. Help me get to 25 likes, people. Come on, help me get to 25. <laughs> yeah, I won't talk about the fact that I passed 100. Damn yeah. it. Or I or, passed 20 even. <laughs> or we're on the web at drunkmythgals.com. Or on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunkmythologygals. Or you can drop us a line in our email, drunkmythologygals at gmail.com. We don't check it, but <laughs> <laughs> one day we will one and it will day be glorious. We will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, actually Patreon is uh going to start heating up because with right. the start of Loki Palooza, we are mm-hmm. going to be doing, you know, on the run Loki episodes. And then there'll be a special segment at the end of each episode that you can only get on Patreon, the right. 190 proof drunk mythology gals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah this is going to be nuts. It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> and our deep dives that we're working on. Yeah. We keep mentioning these deep dives and we're we've finally started crossing some of them off the list. Yeah, we just did one uh, that's related to this on the Jungian archetype and believe it or not it was kind of fun. It was. Until and I we cried. started crying. <laughs> I, oh my I cried. <laughs> I did. I cried. It was I, total I, I should have been close. on a couch. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And you great. did tell me about your mother. So it's we're all good. So it's all good. special <laughs> thanks to Kim, special effects Kim, Alexander for putting the top spin on our sound. And thank you all again for joining us. We love you. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they come over and don't seem to want to leave ever. Just put this on and play it at full volume until they do. <laughs> 
Finally, always remember, if the gods can behave badly, then so can you. 